Section 39 of Essays on Art. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Essays on Art by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. Translated by Samuel Gray Ward. Section 39. Ancient and Modern. Part 2. Consider the school of Karachi. Here was a groundwork of talent, earnestness, industry, and consecutive advantages. Here was an element for the natural and artistic development of admirable powers. We see a whole dozen of excellent artists produced by it, each practicing and cultivating his peculiar talent according to the same general idea so that it hardly seems possible after times should produce anything similar let us consider moreover the immense stride made by the highly gifted rubens into the world of art he too was no son of earth look at the rich inheritance he was heir to from the old masters of the fourteenth and fifteenth century through all the admirable artists of the sixteenth at the close of which he was born again think of the crowd of dutch painters of the seventeenth century whose great abilities found development now at home now south now north until we can no longer deny the incredible sagacity with which their eye pierced into nature and the facility with which they have succeeded in expressing her legitimate charm so as to enchant us everywhere nay in proportion as we possess the same qualities we are willing for a time to limit ourselves exclusively to the examination and attraction of these productions and are far from blaming those amateurs who are contented with the possession and enjoyment of this class of pictures exclusively in the same way we could bring an hundred examples in support of our assertion to see distinctly to apprehend clearly to impart with facility these are the qualities that enchant us and when we maintain that all these are to be found in the genuine greek works united with the noblest subjects the most exalted import the most unerring and perfect execution it will be seen why it is we always begin and end with them let each one in his own way be a greek but let him be a true greek the same is true of literary merit the comprehensible is always the first to seize upon us and give us complete satisfaction if we take the works of one and the same poet we shall find some that seem to indicate a degree of laborious effort and others again affect us like natural products because the talent was commensurate with the form and import and once more it is our firm belief that although any age may give birth to the fairest talent it is not given to all to be able to develop it in its perfect proportions to conclude we bring forward the instance of a modern artist to show that we do not make too high demands but are satisfied with works and subjects of a limited nature 
sebastian bourdon an artist of the sixteenth century whose name every amateur is familiar with but whose talent in its genuine direction has never received due praise has left four plates etched by his own hand making a complete series of the flight into egypt in relation to the subject we have to bear in mind that the child is one of singular importance of the most ancient princely descent whose destiny it is to have an immense influence upon the world in after times through whom the old is to be destroyed and the new built up in the place of it this child is born in the arms of a most tender mother under the protection of a prudent old man and escapes and is saved by divine assistance the various scenes in this significant action have been represented a hundred times and have given birth to works of art that have called for our highest admiration we give the subjoined description in order that the amateur who has not these etchings at hand might be able in some measure to decide as to the justice of our commendation joseph appears always as the principal personage perhaps the pictures were intended to adorn a chapel of that saint one the scene appears to be the stall at bethlehem immediately after the departure of the three pious magi for beneath you still see the two well-known beasts in a room above you see joseph at rest making his bed of the pack decorously enveloped in folds of drapery and leaning against the high saddle upon which the holy child is seen moving as if just awake the mother close beside him is deeply engaged in prayer in contrast with this quiet daybreak scene appears an angel flying towards joseph pointing with animated action to the country where the sight of temples and obelisks suggests a dream of egypt carpenter's tools lie neglected on the ground two the family is halting amid ruins after a heavy day's journey joseph appears to get a little rest standing as he leans against the sturdy heavy-laden beast feeding from a stone trough but an angel comes behind him plucks his mantle and points to the sea beyond joseph looking upward and pointing at the same time to the beast's fodder seems to ask for a short space for the animal to bait the holy mother busied about the child looks round astonished at the strange dialogue for the heavenly messenger seems to be invisible to her three this picture expresses admirably the hasty pilgrimage they are leaving behind them on the right a large town situated on a hill keeping close to the bridle joseph leads the beast down a path which appears the steeper because the eye does not trace it farther and the sea appears directly behind the foreground the mother sitting on the saddle takes no heed of danger her looks are absorbed by the sleeping child the speed of the fugitives is happily indicated by their having already passed through the greater part of the picture and being just on the point of disappearing on the left side four here in entire contrast to the above we see joseph and mary reposing by the stones of a well in the middle of the picture 
joseph standing behind and leaning over points to a prostrate idol in the foreground and seems to be explaining this significant sign to the holy mother she is earnest and attentive holding the child at her breast but you do not see what she is looking at the disburthened beast browses in the background on the rich green boughs in the distance we recognize the obelisks that were referred to in the dream the palm trees show that we have arrived in egypt all this the artist shows us in so narrow space with light but happy strokes full and penetrating thought spirited life apprehension of the indispensable omission of the unimportant a light and rapid touch in the execution such are the qualities we admire in these plates and of more than these there is no need for here as well as anywhere do we find the end of art attained parnassus is a montserrat allowing of many settlements on its various stages let each one go and look about him and he will find some place be it summit or nook end of section thirty nine